A dead person can't hurt anybody. Hey everybody, welcome to Crime Over Cocktails. I'm Tiffany, your host, and today I'm talking about the case of Kim Kirk. And I do want to give you guys a heads up, this episode does contain some graphic content that may not be for everybody. Kim Kirk was a single mother raising her young daughter, Lindsay, but it wouldn't be that long before she met David Cox. He was a commercial truck driver, and they pretty much became an instant family. They shortly married and started their life together. Lindsay didn't even know until she was the age of eight that David wasn't her biological father. But as the marriage continued, they went on to have two boys together, so it didn't matter. They were all family. David ended up injuring his back, so he wasn't able to drive the truck anymore. He had to collect on disability. And because of the pain, he started smoking methamphetamine. In the summer of 2009, Lindsay, at the age of 12, was visiting with her grandparents. She had been keeping a dark secret to herself for a few years, and she decided that this was the time since she was away that she was going to tell her mom. So she sent her mom a text and let her know that her dad, David, had been molesting her for years. David was arrested and charged with statutory rape, sexual battery, child abuse, and possession of meth. He was taken to jail and released in April of 2010, without ever stepping foot into a courtroom. It was only nine months. That's trash. So, of course, Kim's scared. She goes and gets a restraining order. And all of them, her, Lindsay, and the two boys, move in with her sister, Christy Salmon. One day while Kim was out and about, she ran into David at an intersection in her neighborhood. He pulled his hands out and kind of shot it like a gun and shot it three times. That's some scary shit. May 14th, 2010, Kim was getting a bath ready for one of her sons. Lindsay was sitting on the couch watching TV. Her older son was outside playing basketball and Christy was cooking dinner. It was a full active household. Around 7 p.m., All of a sudden, gunshots are coming through the screen door. And there was David running into the home, shooting. He told Lindsay not to move, and then he chased Christy out of the house. Now, David walks to the back of the house where Kim was doing the bath for her son. And that's when he shot her in the arm and in the abdomen. He decides he's not done. So he walks back out into the living room and he gets Lindsay and walks her back to where she can find her mother lying in a puddle of blood. She's still alive, but she's losing blood. He then sexually assaults Lindsay three separate times in front of her mother. This is even while cops are on the scene. They have the house surrounded. They had a hostage negotiator trying to make deals. They had ambulances, helicopters... And even with all this going on, he's still just doing what he wants in this house. Kim was begging for help several times, but he refused. He would not let her get any medical help. Her parents are out of town. They had to make a three-hour drive 
They were lucky enough to talk to Kim, though, on the phone after she had been shot. And she was talking to her dad, and she said, Daddy, I'm dying. David told her father, Benny Kirk, that he planned on killing all of them. He was going to make his rounds to all the homes and shoot all of them. Could you imagine somebody telling you? Guess what? You were supposed to die tonight, too. Ooh. Her mother, Melody, she decided cops aren't getting anywhere with him. She was taking over as negotiator. David wasn't cooperating with police anymore. He didn't want to have anything to do with them. There was nothing that he wanted from them. But she wants those kids out and medics in. A SWAT team went in and took David into custody just before 3.30 a.m. This is more than eight hours in. They finally were able to get the children out of the home and get Kim and Lindsay to the hospital, and they arrested David. Kim was still alive after all of this. She put up a fight, but she ended up passing away on May 15th. In 2012, he pled guilty to murder, sexual assault, and other charges, and he was sentenced to death. He wrote a letter to the court's chief justice in 2018 stating that he was a guilty man worthy of death. He petitioned the Mississippi Supreme Court to remove his lawyers from the case because they were trying to stop his execution. He also wanted all of his appeals off the table. He wanted to die. They had nearly 5,000 signatures to stop the execution. On Wednesday, November 17th, 2021, David, at the age of 50, was executed. He was pronounced dead at 6.12 p.m. When they asked him if he had any final words, reported to be taken at 6.03, the doc reported, he said, I want to tell my children that I love them very, very much and that I was a good man at one time and only read the King James Version of the Bible. And I appreciate the commissioner for being so kind to me. That's all I got to say. His last meal was banana pudding, french fries, fried catfish, and cornmeal. A now 23-year-old Lindsay Kirk, she came to the execution of her stepfather, and she told the Associated Press that she wasn't happy that he was getting executed so quickly. You know, she really wanted him to sit there. And I totally get that. I think that's too quick, too. I personally feel they should have at least a minimum of 20 because that's a long time to sit there before anyone can be executed. But you do, you need to sit there and pay for what you did. Her brothers are now 18 and 19, and they didn't want to go to the execution. They were still so afraid that he was going to come back and hurt them. But they got good advice from their grandmother, Melody, who told them a dead person can't hurt anybody. This was the first execution since 2012 in Mississippi due to not being able to get the lethal injection. Pharmaceutical companies began blocking the issue of their products so they couldn't be used for that purpose. He was always a person of interest in another case. The disappearance of his brother's wife, Felicia Cox. This goes back to 2007. He was the last person to see her alive. And right before he got executed, he confessed to killing Felicia. He also provided detailed instructions on where investigators could go find her remains. In a news release, 
The Capitol Post-Conviction Council said that David Cox felt deeply remorseful and wanted to bring closure to Felicia Cox family. They didn't disclose where Felicia's body is supposed to be, but they are going to start preparing to begin for recovery efforts. They got archaeology, anthropology. At the press conference, Felicia Cox's daughter, Amber Miss Kelly, was there, and she was standing next to her husband. Amber had just turned 18 when her mother, Felicia, went missing. Now she was a married woman. She didn't say anything, but she just, she wiped tears away. She's happy that maybe they're going to be able to bring her mom home. So I guess at least he did one thing right by confessing in that. David openly blamed Kim for his incarceration, stating that he would kill her once he was released. And this was in a court document. He never should have been released. After all of those charges, that was a slap in the face and then made an even worse tragedy. It never should have happened. Never. Maybe if he was wearing an ankle monitoring system, cops could have gotten to him before he could have got to the house. Or at least they would have known he was there and this whole ordeal could have been cut a lot short. The fact that he could blame her for him going to jail for molesting her daughter blows my mind. This case is the perfect example to what needs to be fixed within our justice system. This never should have happened. He should have been locked away. We need them to take sexual predators and abusers more seriously. We can't just keep putting them back on the streets because people are going to die and get hurt. It is just beyond frustrating. All right, you guys, make sure you're liking, following, subscribing, leave a five-star review on Apple or Spotify. If you haven't made it to the website yet, it's crimeovercocktails.com where you can listen to the episodes, check out merch, or if you want to help support the show, many ways do so there. All right, you guys, I love you and we'll talk crime another time. Bye.